Shabbat Shalom. This is a special weekend episode of Blessed and Kept. Occasionally on weekends, I'll post slightly longer episodes to share my thoughts on a particular Bible passage, or to take a deep dive into a blessing found in the Bible, or, as will be the case the next two weeks, to take a look at current events that our faith might enable us to see a little bit differently. If you have questions or comments, my email is casey at certaindepth.com. This episode is titled, When Satan Wins the Election. How can people cheer for this? Don't they know what this means? On a platform of everyone getting everything they want for free, Satan has propelled himself to the highest office in the land. Now, were the real Satan running for office, that likely would be his exact platform. And to some people, maybe it does feel like Satan won the election. Like all hope of reason and rationality died a slow, painful death as the counting of the mail-in ballots prodded towards the inevitable demise of goodness and prosperity in the United States. The explanations of why someone feels evil won the election are endless. Abortion is the highest form of evil because of the innocence of life lost. Higher taxes kill growth and stunt innovation, leading to increased poverty and suffering and an end to the middle class. Social programs and a minimum wage encourage people to stop working hard, which means the few of us who still do value hard work in this country will have to pay even more of our hard-earned money to help the lazy freeloaders. They just want control. We lose freedom when they win. God is on the side of freedom. Immigration is a drain on the system and costs us money and jobs. We are losing our way of life with this influx of foreigners. Work hard, play by the rules, don't expect handouts, and you will achieve the American dream. Perhaps some explanations from the other side will be familiar. 1% of people owning 40% of the wealth and the bottom 80% of people owning 7% of the wealth is wrong. We are in this together and we should act accordingly. More diversity makes us better, not worse. More people grows the economy, doesn't stunt it. Immigrants make our country great. Fear of those who are different will destroy us. The xenophobia against Muslims and Hispanics is anathema to our national identity. People who are working hard to provide for themselves and their families deserve a wage that enables them to do that. No one should have to file for bankruptcy because they needed medical care. We are prosperous enough as a nation to provide health care to our citizens. Take care of each other. Many people have had the opportunity to feel as if Satan won the election over the past four years. Some people might even feel that Satan incarnate did win the election, either in 2016 or just this month. It feels like the world is collapsing and so many people actively participated in the collapse even hoped it would happen. How can this be the America I grew up in? How can people be so delusional that they would vote for this? 
Do they even realize what is going to happen if he wins? Joe Biden said frequently in the closing days of the campaign that this was an election for the soul of our country. Even conservatives agreed with that sentiment. This was touted, as many elections are, as the most important election of our lifetime. But if two polar opposite viewpoints agree that it is an election for the soul of the nation, doesn't that suggest that the disagreement runs even deeper? If we ask people, what is the soul of our nation, the themes of their answers would be like railroad tracks with no ties that go on endlessly but never converge. We can't even find common ground on what the soul of the nation actually is. So we end up with elections that bear the weight of the future for which we can only hope. Losses in an election turn into death blows from which there is legitimate concern we will ever be able to recover. The goodness and pride we once shared are relics of simpler times when it didn't matter as much who occupied the White House. The same goodness and pride in our country also made us lose sight of our goal. Our goal was never to be American or to spread American values across the world. Our goal was not even to be great. Our goal was always to bring the kingdom of God and the will of God to earth as it is in heaven. Of course God cares about the lives of unborn babies. Of course God cares about the poor. Of course God cares about immigrants. Maybe the question, how can anyone who calls himself Christian vote for this candidate, is the wrong question. Maybe better questions would be, is it possible God is infinitely more complex than our political affiliations? Is it possible our perspective is too small? We love to make things simple. We want a checklist to know exactly what to avoid. We add on to that checklist just to be safe. Then armed with our checklist plus add-ons, we draw a line so that everyone on our side is good and everyone on the other side is bad. You see, when the devil is on the other side of the line we've drawn, anything even things we agree with, anything that comes from anyone who aligns themselves with that side becomes necessarily evil. There used to be a popular phrase that went something like this. Can anything good come from Nazareth? The phrase was used to question Jesus. Jesus obliterates our expectations. He's constantly surprising even those who follow him most closely. If there's one thing we can count on from Jesus, it's that he will always be willing to point out the goodness and beauty of those whom we call our enemies. Jesus at one point says of a Roman official, a Roman military tyrant, that even in God's own capital city of Jerusalem, no one has as much faith as this man. Another time, Jesus tells a Sidonian woman, another longtime enemy of Israel, to stop bothering him because her people are not like the chosen children of Israel. They are rather like dogs. Her clever response describing how even dogs eat the crumbs falling from the children's table makes Jesus marvel at her faith and admit he was wrong. Another time, Jesus tells a parable in which the hero is a despised Samaritan 
And the main point Jesus makes is that a Jewish official should be like that Samaritan. The woman caught in adultery, calling Matthew, a tax collector and traitor, to be one of his disciples. The woman at the well, entering the home of and eating with Zacchaeus. It seems every third dramatic action of Jesus portrays the Messiah aligning himself with the very people we have excluded. The ones on the other side of the line we have drawn. Maybe determining who is and isn't following Jesus is way more messy than we like to assume. Maybe God doesn't use the categories we have come to rely on to determine who is in and who is out. Who is my friend and who is my enemy? So if you are someone who has ever felt that Satan won the election, may the life of Jesus give you pause and give you comfort. Satan was never on the ballot. That space has always and only been filled by Samaritans, tax collectors, and Romans. May God bless you and keep you. May the face of Jesus shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the fullness of the Spirit dwell within you and give you peace. Peace.